and welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast of the movie American Sniper. My name is Christian Morosky, and I am joined here as I am joined here every here by Kelly Wand. Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline for the American Sniper movie we watched this week? I guess he was safe in Iraq, huh? Ouch. Too soon. Dang. What? Come on. <laughs> no, you gotta not. be able to talk about these things. You gotta be able to heal. That's how I. All right. So just clear, you said, I guess he was safer in Iraq. Is that your tagline? Yeah. All right. I'm just, you know, don't tell the wife. No, I certainly won't. Good lord. That'd be in poor taste. Ouch. Do you have any other uh, alternative taglines for... No, that was my only takeaway from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's safer in Iraq. All right. Yeah. Um, Kelly Watt, like do you yeah. have an IMDb Opsis for this week's show? Because I, I had a few uh, listeners contact me to say that they would like to send you ideas uh, for IMDb Opsis. And where should they send them? And I told them, and then none of them sent anything. So I'm hoping yeah. you just have your own. It's like the beach. You don't necessarily go to it, but it's good to know you can go to it. Like, just knowing you live near it. That's I also awesome. wonder if if they, if they if part of the joy is listening to me go, duh, and if they send me the idea, then I won't be able to go, duh, because I'll know what the choice is. No, you won't. Well, if they, if they email it to me, because there's no way they can... But they they can tweet it to me because I have a Twitter account, uh, or they can send it to a, the quarter three you know the three by three uh, quarter three dot com account. But you never check that. Uh, I try to. All right. I mean, occasionally. It usually has to do with if it's the week I got to read shit. Right. Right. The uh, mini penny. And but you have your up. you have your own IMDb opsis for this week, yeah. Yeah, and it ties in with things. It makes Uh-oh. up for my unfortunate choice of catchphrase or tagline. What's those things? What are those called? <laughs> They're called taglines. I don't think... I don't understand the difference. I think, it, I think it will certainly work into the things I want to talk about when we talk about American Sniper. Here's uh, the thing. When the, when the tagline sounds... It makes you go, ouch. You have to picture it on the poster. Like That's what the tagline is. It's the movie tagline on the poster. He right. was safe for an Iraq, huh? Um, unfortunately, I am so... Uh, distracted by the picture on the poster, um, I I, I find it I find it? it so weird. Um, I'm yeah. guessing a flag coming out of a gun. No, it's 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 just this Bradley Cooper like weird hunched over walking figure. Thing. <laughs> really, that's weird. What's uh, that? Uh, a, I don't know. He's not hitting the leg. No, it's not that. It's it's just it's just striving so hard. Um, the 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 American Sniper poster is striving so hard to be an iconic image um, that the idea of the tagline being put on there. It's just it, you know it's 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 a flag. It's him. It looks like he's got like chaw on his lip. 
uh, I don't know. It it's it's just it's just trying. It just it is trying so hard to make an pandering. It's trying so hard to make an iconic image, um, and I, I think it largely succeeds to make that image. But we'll talk later as to whether there's any payoff for that. Uh, but but anyway, your your tagline is is perfectly fine. It's just I keep thinking I, the poster just pops into my head of like him in profile. That that image is just so weird. I don't know what to do with that poster. Well, what's the tagline of the actual poster? You know? I have no I have no idea. Oh. Uh, so so yours. Uh, he wasn't safe for an Iraq. Yeah, oh. your yours is. Is just as good as whatever they came up with because they did. Because because they waste five hundred million dollars. Yeah, it is. I agree. You should have it. it I did but the real work. It's not your hundred. It's your. You can double that, Mister Man. <laughs> I'm like the troops that get supported vicariously. <laughs> You're like that. All right, no. support them. Uh, give us your IMDb opsis for this week. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Okay, um, it's a movie I didn't see, but I think you did. Oh, good lord. You're doing a movie you didn't see again? Well, you'll see. All right. Bob Lee Swagger. Is that a name? Yeah. What? Uh, you don't know that name? No. And I always get freaked out when you do, when your uh, opsies begin with names. Because of the Fred thing? Yeah, because of the Fred thing. That, that rattled you? Um, I thought you might have read this book, Point of Impact, about Bob Lee Swagger by uh, Stephen Hunter. I don't nope. know. What in the world you're talking about? Oh, it's a sniper book. So I thought you'd like it. Oh, all right. And his name is Bobbly Swagger. Yeah, <laughs> I like the I like the book a lot. And this is the movie. You read yeah. a book by Stephen Hunter called Bobbly Swagger? No, it's called Point of Impact, and the character's name is Bobbly Swagger. All right, nobody's ever been named Bobbly Swagger in the history of names. But go ahead. Oh, in the book, it's a. I really like the book. Okay, there's a dude. Um, all right. Anyway, I thought you would have read it because the movie stars Mark Wahlberg. So no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead. Bob Lee Swagger, one of the world's great marksmen and the son of a Congressional Medal of Honoree, is a loner living in the Rockies. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, that's the sentence. <laughs> son of a Congressional Medal of Medal of Honoree. Isn't that weird? It, it sounds like. What something. if that was on the poster for something? <laughs> it sounds like a, a line in a in a musical number. Or it sounds kind of French, which is the opposite of what. <laughs> ah, Henri! Ha ha! I know. It's about a redneck. Is a loner living in the Rockies. He's left the military, having been hung out to dry in a secret Ethiopian mission a few years before. Comma. When he's recruited by a lisping colonel. What? Yep. Boom. See? Where it, you never know. That's the thing I love about these is you never know when they're going to hit. <laughs> like wobbly cannibals. To help find a way that the president of the U.S. might be assassinated. <laughs> Wait, it's, I got to start all over. It's too good. <laughs> like wobbly cannonballs. Biggest. Sorry. Focus on the actual. I'm trying to. Okay. I'm trying to decide. Like the person who wrote this, thinking I have to use the word lispy in there. <laughs> I know. It, remember, because uh, Punch Drunk Love had the what should we call it? English woman. <laughs> Uptight English woman. Was it? I don't remember. The Punch Drunk Love that started IMDb fever. Yeah, you're right. A lispy curve. So, 
<laughs> he's left the military. This is all in one sentence. So you have to just picture it without, like, just put the commas where you will. He's right. left the military, having been hung out to dry in a secret Ethiopian mission a few years before, <laughs> comma, when he's recruited by a lisping colonel to help find a way that the president of the U.S. might be assassinated in one of three cities in the next two weeks, period. Gotta have the three cities in two weeks part. And what's the name of the character again? Bobby Swagger. So how does the lisping colonel say that? Bobby Swagger. Bobby Swagger. Bobby Swagger, when he's recruited by a lisping colonel to help find a way that why, the president... Why does he have to make a point of saying it's a lisping colonel? Because he's going to turn out to be a turncoat. All right, so uh, this is a uh, turncoat. So this is obviously the movie Sniper. Well, I don't, I don't remember what the movie is. Shooter. Hello, Sniper's Tom Berenger. Sorry, this is Shooter. Yeah, and you're missing the part where it's like he has to help find a way that the president might be assassinated. That's his assignment. <laughs> his assignment is to find a way that the president that might the be the president ass- might be assassinated in one of three cities. So does he have to do a PowerPoint? Yeah. He has to so he doesn't out actually to- actually have to do it. He just has to find a way. He has to find a way that the president might be. He has to find a way that he might be. In, in one, one of in weeks. one of three cities. In the next two weeks. I'm sorry, in one of three cities. Cities two weeks. So he's got four days a city each. Wow. And all the cities are L.A. Uh, did you ever see the movie Shooter? Nah. Because I could uh, tell from the look on Wahlberg's face, it wasn't. And he's not. He was all wrong. He's <laughs> not from the South. I could tell from the look on Wahlberg's face. I remember watching it and it being something of a slog. Yeah, and the book's so fucking... It's super violent. Like, the shooting stuff's really good. It gets sucks you into the... Uh, wait, this isn't... There's still more of this. All right, go ahead. There's a little bit left. He does his work, but the shot is fired notwithstanding. And Bob Lee is quickly the fall guy. Colon. Wounded and hunted by thousands. Comma. He goes to ground. And... Comma, aided by two unlikely allies, comma, searches for the truth and for those who crossed him. All roads lead back to Ethiopia, period. Which has nothing to do with anything. It says all roads lead back to Ethiopia. Everyone has a neighbor in Wisconsin, like in 2012, John Cusack's novel. All roads lead back to Ethiopia. That's seen. That's what I love about these IMDb things. It's like someone's idea of like, okay, I don't want to spoil everything. I want to just like tantalize them into watching the whole thing. They simply like, or maybe they just get sick of writing. That's the other possibility. But then they just kind of make it go. <laughs> Next, I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you if there's going to be a shootout or who wins. Just know that every road with Bob Hope and Big Crosby on it is Ethiopia. Oh, all right. That's all. All right, shooter. Movie, so you can tell me if it actually is that Ethiopian. Uh, I don't remember a dang thing about Ethiopia in watching Shooter. I just remember a lot of the stuff. I remember. I totally remember the stuff about the Rockies. 
Um, but I don't remember anything about Ethiopia. I don't remember any of that other stuff. I know he, in the book he blows up a dude's arm. I I, it was pretty violent. I mean, I remember that part. And I didn't. I had no idea it was from a Stephen Hunter book. Does he talk? Does Wahlberg's talk with a southern accent? In it? Oh, I good lord! I can't. But the only the only Mark Wahlberg voice is you know. Oh, da, da, da. How you guys doing? You doing good? That's the only thing I can hear in my head. I oh, that was kind of southern. Just yeah. that's probably pretty pretty good. All right, so now I want to see the movie. All right. Well, go ahead and watch Let's Shooter. Because of the poster, though, because he's what he's sort of shambling with a shuffling walk. So shambling got- with a shuffling walk. I think you should write that into your next time to be honest. Uh, I don't write these. I know you I don't, but you could. <laughs> you're, I know. you're just as uh, quali- you're, Actually, you're more qualified. No, I know. Well, since I started reading these, I start thinking these are kind of better than the actual opsis. That's so, not true. That will. I don't know. Life after Beth? Nope. I'm not gonna. I'm not not listening to anything you say from now on. Ugh. I'm just trying to be honest. All right. Well, let's get back on track to what we're actually talking about for this week's movie. Clint Eastwood. Um, yep. We haven't done any. Spo- we're not doing any spoilers yet. Uh, let me just let you all know what we actually saw this week. Of Shooter, where there were plenty of spoilers. No, there's not. There were not. We did not see Shooter. We did not see Sniper the Tom Berenger movie that Kelly referenced earlier. This week we saw American Sniper. Way different. A 2014 American drama, supposedly biography, Oscar-nominated movie about how you don't ever leave your rifle in the dirt. (laughs) Yeah, Berenger. It was directed by Clint Eastwood and written by Jason Hall, based on the autobiography of the same name by Chris Kyle with Scott McEwen and Jim DeFelice. It stars Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller, and Troy Vincent. American Sniper is rated R for strong and disturbing war violence and language throughout, including some sexual references. (sighs) So, this week's what? numbers, that's that's it. Some sexual references were in this movie. Uh, this week's numbers were calculated for distance and wind by our spotter intern. were just whispered into my ear, actually. Um, American Sniper on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a percentage of reviews that are positive. American Sniper was at 73%. Mm. The 70s always confuse me. I know. There's always an eight. It's, yeah. And on Metacritic, which is the average ratings from various reviews, it was at 72. Oh, they constantly converge lately. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, the, the top critics were at 83, which is like 10 above. And the audience was at 88. So the audience really liked this movie. Uh, critics really liked it, too, at 73. And then a Metacritic at 72. So, box office, of course... Uh, American Sniper kicked every fucking movie's ass. Um, American Sniper was number one again uh, with $64 million. It's now at $200 million. <laughs> It is ridiculous. That is weird. It is making ridiculous money. Um, to Just to let you know, the next movie 
was called Boy Next Door. Now, the number two movie at the box office is called Boy Next Door, which was at $15 million. American Sniper made 64 The next movie made 15 And a movie my son went to with his mom, Paddington, about a talking bear, made $12 million. And this is a movie for kids after the holidays when parents are going to, like, let's try to get kids to do something. The, American Sniper is making unbelievable amounts of money. It's unbelievable. It's a stuffed bear and a kid, though. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, American Sniper is just making unbelievable amounts of money. It's just crazy. I Um, think it's just there's nothing else out, though. Oh, there's there's absolutely nothing out. Um, I'm totally excited about what we're going to see for next week. Um, But nobody is going to know what the no one else is what the f we're talking about when we announce next week's movie. Nobody's no everybody's gonna be like, what are you talking about? But if you look at the releases that are coming out this week and next week, there's nothing for the next couple. It's just like, what is that? Um, This is those usual January doldrums, but and an American Sniper is just cleaning up. I mean, I, I guess it gets sort of a bump from being nominated for Best Picture, uh, but good lord, oh my god, it is it is fucking cleaning up on the money, Jesus. Especially right after Black Hat. Yeah, so didn't clean up. Yeah, and Black Hat just tanks like. And they're not that different. Movie. They're really not. You're absolutely right. They're really not that different. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, Kelly. Uh, they're really not that different, and I don't know what the There's I don't know what the difference is. Right, everyone else sees something, sees something as one completely. No, but, but yeah. I think if you went to those movies back to back, you'd be like, what? Uh, what? Yeah, yeah you um, remember which one had which scenes? Yeah, seriously, because they're both about blonde dudes shooting guns in parades. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we're 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 treading dangerously close on spoiler territory, so we might as well just jump in uh, into spoiler territory with Kelly Wands. Kelly Wand, I don't know what you would call this. You're going to talk about the like plot of the movie or what happens in it. I have no idea what you're going to call it, but we might as well jump in. And you know, if you want to see American Sniper and you don't want it to be spoiled. Turn back now, because everything's about to be spoiled when Kelly Wan gives Put his... Put your safety back on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Click on your safety, or just abandon your sniper rifle for Pop the middle half of the movie and run around doing other things. Um, uh, so, Kelly Wan... Your draft card. What would you call this this thing that you're about to do to this movie? American Snipesis. Ah, oh, American Snipesis. I like. I like. All right, Kelly Wand. Shoot Wait. it like shoot it like you got it. Were you doing someone from the movie? Nope. American Snipesis. To look more authentic as a Navy SEAL, Bradley Cooper got fat. <laughs> <laughs> I like when actors destroy themselves by fucking with their body type, although weight gain seems the easier one. On an Iraqi rooftop, Bradley Cooper's spotter slash buddy hangs up his World War II phone and goes, The general says his zoom-in scope's in the shop, so just do whatever. ASAP! Down in the street, an old lady hands a kid a grenade and points at the oncoming U.S. convoy of half-tracks. She simulates throwing it, then pantomimes an explosion, then blown-up Americans shaking their dismembered fists. 
Bradley Cooper smiles at this touching scene between generations as he flashbacks wistfully to his own childhood. When he was age 10, at the conclusion of a successful hunting trip with his dad, posing astride a snoozing cow with a bullet hole in its antlers. That's what I saw, Dingus, right? I'm not a hunting expert. I'm a writer. Pa Cooper's all. Y'all got a gift there, Bradley. What the? Never lay your gun on the ground. That's how your grandpappy shot his ankle off. Then his other ankle a few days later. Plus a snake might eat it. Then how'd you feel? Bradley Jr.'s all. Wait, isn't a sniper's gun usually on the ground? The dad's all. How the hell should I know? My specialty's cross-burning. Now what you see we head on down to the Indian Reservation. Have us some real fun. Moving targets. <laughs> he ruffles his own hair and goes, Rascal. On the way back, the front tire of their pickup blows out, so they have to tie the dead truck to the back of a nearby deer and ride it back into town. The next flashback evening at dinner, Bradley Cooper's dad's all, had a call from your little brother's school today that you not only decided to attend there as a student this morning, but beat some kid up. Bradley, you know how we Texans feel about violence. But Pa, he was beating the shit out of Timmy here, and that job's taken. Timmy, were y'all being bullied? Uh, is this huge black eye invisible or something? The dad's all, all right, boys, seems like the time has finally come for me to blow your young minds with an analogy. Timmy, you're a sheep, useless except for your wool. Docile, delicious. The bully was the coyote, but Bradley, you're the St. Bernard, monstrously overlarged with the barrel of rum under your chin and prone to rabies from infected bats. Your dead or off-screen mama, she was more like an iguana or some shit. Cold-blooded with a forked tongue. Me, I'm sort of a stickleback. Still working on that one. Maybe use some graph paper. Timmy's all, hey, daddy, I got an A on my history of the Middle East essay. Shut the fuck up, boy, and finish them lamb chops. This here's Bradley time. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Iraqis and most Arabs are 98% coyote. It's been proven time and again in dozens of blood tests. That's why they tend to wear black bandanas and leap between rooftops like the godless jackals they is, instead of using ladders like us normal folks. <laughs> That's kind of good acting. I mean, <laughs> kind of. You don't have to. You have to. You don't have to qualify it at all. We're both. Way, I'm from West Virginia. Dude. This is just my normal voice. I hear you. Bradley's all. Hey, shouldn't I be the Roadrunner? Saint Bernard's more like a masseuse kind of. Eventually, they stop eating. Bradley Cooper montages into a grown-up who comes home one night to find his girlfriend doing sixty-nine with a mechanical bowl. Eventually, they stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> you like the short ones eventually they stop eating <laughs> after nine pages of fucking <laughs> that I wrote <laughs> okay I'm sorry go ahead <laughs> dingus you missed my sex jokes God. no I didn't miss your sex joke I was still it's having dinner I was still having dinner sorry the girlfriend doing 69 with the mechanical bowl. I know, it's kind of like the uh, whiplash dinner scene, huh? Because there's the friend. Yeah. Not really anything. Girlfriend's all, God damn it, Bradley, I do this just to get attention. Not because I enjoy intercourse in the slightest. Bradley Cooper responds by off-roading to a recruiting station with a sailor in it. He's all, 
saw me some 9-11 on TV, so I came to help spread democracy. Brought my own grenade and waterboard. Okay, sir, uh, A, that's technically a surfboard. And two, you realize that 9-11 involved airplanes and that is in the desert, but you're currently in a Navy recruiting office? Oh, all right. Well, I'll come back later when it's something else. <laughs> you sure? We flunk a lot of applicants. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's eyes light up. He's all, now y'all are talking my language. Sign my ass up. Uh, what's this word here? Uh, occupation? Just put peace protester. Welcome to the Navy, Ensign Cooper. Y'all just taking your first step into a moister world. <laughs> Hee-haw! So long, fucking Earth. The recruiter's all. Now the American government's going to use every last resource at its command to forge you into the ultimate sniper, who's also American. We see him and a bunch of dudes getting hosed down in a schoolyard. Arlie Ermey's all. You boys should be aware that out in the desert there will be much less water than y'all are presently being squirted with. So this exercise is useless and misleading. They're all, sir, yes, sir. He's all, I can't hear you. They're all, we said sir, yes, sir, sir. He's all, uh, actually that time was a little on the loud side. They're all, what about you, Cooper? <laughs> I know what level fruit day I'm for with you, Tinkus. <laughs> what about you, Cooper? Can you hear yourself too well? Sir, something, sir. I look over at the crosshairs sitting beside me and go, I was declared 4F by Old Navy. <laughs> Tinkus, you're the crosshairs in that analogy. Yep, I fell into the gap. <laughs> In a series of montages set to the Rocky theme played on banjos, guys in admiral hats metamorphose Bradley Cooper into the ultimate sniping machine. He is painstakingly in slow motion instructed in how life jackets work, how to lie on his stomach for minutes on end without getting tired, and getting the anchor tattoo on his scrotum removed. To celebrate, he goes to a bar with a love interest in it. <laughs> it's Parker Posey. <laughs> He's all, hey, only girl in the bar, buy yourself a drink. She's all, oh, no thanks, goose. I don't date snipers. <laughs> You'll just go overseas and leave me to raise our kids on our own. Fuck that shit. He's all, okay, see ya. She's all, wait, suddenly never seeing you sounds awesome. He's all, you're pretty. She vomits. They get married. At their wedding reception, the DJ's all, okay, now let's somberly watch the bride and groom slow dance for a couple seconds. She's all, oh, Bradley, I love you so much. But at least for this dance, could you maybe set the rifle down? It's distending my nostril. He's all, part of me wants to, honey, but after 9-11, we don't know where the next attack's going to come from. You're smothering me here, baby doll. Just as they resume waltzing, Bradley's uninvited Navy pals barge in, cartwheeling with delight and waving flag-shaped pieces of paper. <laughs> the unruly ones all. Bro, great news. We've been drafted. We ship out tomorrow. You know what that means? Strip club. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Elbowing the bride into the wedding cake, they carry Bradley Cooper out on their shoulders, chanting, Deserts are dessert. Semper fuck ya. Yeah. Some words are all two weeks later in Afghanistan or Iraq. 
Bradley and his third favorite, Navy Buddy, sit on the rooftop. Bradley's looking through his scope and shooting three holes through sheets of notebook paper the Buddy keeps holding up in front of his gun. <laughs> Remember that scene, Dingus? <laughs> yeah, I do now. The Academy does. The Buddy's all, Hey, Bradley, do you ever think we're wasting our time here? Bradley's all, What are you, Biggs, a moderate? He Biggs. Was <laughs> that his name? It is now. Biggs is all. Speaking of which, the rest of us jerk off to porn, but last night we all heard you waxing your dolphin to a Hulk versus Conan comic book? It was a graphic novel! God! Bradley Cooper gets up. The buddy's all. Where are you going? Bradley's all. I don't like snapping after all. I want to go door to door and barge into people's homes and shout at them if they have weapons. That's what I was really born for. The buddies all okay. Uh, I guess I'll tell our CO that you got bored. Uh, I'll try to figure out how this rifle works. Thanks, man. Please call me Legend. The buddies all. By the way, my name's not Biggs. Ten minutes later, Bradley's kicking a door in and yelling, "Fire in the hole!" When his cell phone rings, he's all, "Hello." His wife's all, "Hey, Bradley, it's me." He's all, "Admiral." She's all, no, dumbass, your wife. Also, I think fire in the hole means you tossed a grenade, not I'm kicking a door down. Even I know that. He's all, <laughs> sounds like I saved the hole from you. She's all, I don't know what that means, but great news, baby, I'm pregnant. He's all, hee-haw, I knew I had it in you. Wait a second, I ain't seen you in 18 months. She's all, oh, baby, don't ruin the moment with whatnot. I just want to talk dirty to you right now. Farts, tostada, butthole, what the hell was that? He's all, sorry, honey, this IED I just tripped over turned out to be a frisbee. As part of the war on terror, Bradley's platoon moves in with an Iraqi family. Over dinner, Bradley notices bruises on their waiter's elbows. I lean over to Clint Eastwood's chair from the Republican convention and whisper, when business is good, that's how my knees look. Thanks to Bradley Cooper's uncanny ability to see elbow grease, a family is eventually shot in the middle of the street. Bradley Cooper's life's finally perfect, until on a tragic day stateside, a guy we've never seen before accosts him with his son in a sporting goods store and goes, Mr. Legend, sir, I just want to thank you for carrying me out of that building back in Iraq. Bradley's all, Well, actually, I prefer to be glorified only for my sniping. Actually, I don't remember you at all or Iraq. Please leave the store. The guy's all, son, thanks to this man here, I now have this. He raises his pant leg to expose a CG leg. <laughs> Sorry. That just welled up out of you. Yeah. Uh, you, you just made this huge visual impression on me just now. Uh, well, that's, what's, that's how words work. That's how words work. You're absolutely right. I'd salute him, but my CG arm hasn't arrived yet. Anyway, this man's a legend. Thanks to that magic finger of his, a lot of boys in Iraq right now have big smiles on their faces. This guy's kid nods tiredly at Bradley's kid and goes, Hey, man, it's embarrassing, huh? Bradley's kid's all, yeah. Later, Bradley Cooper's all, Mm-mm, honey, this is the best barbecue ever. His wife's all, Honey, you just stabbed a poodle with a fondue fork. We're all staring at you. Is that what you do in Iraq all day? I thought you were a sniper. He's all, dog schmog, quit blaming America first. You sound like Michael Moore's uncle. She's all, Bradley, I need you to be a human being again. He responds by hopping the next flight back to Iraq to shoot people. As his plane lands, <laughs> his brother's lands on the same runway facing it, and they pass each other. 
his brother's all pale and still has his black eye. Bradley's all, hey, Billy, we're related. His brother's all, fuck this place. Bradley's all, Billy. Horrified by his brother's lack of affection for Iraq, he sleeps through most of his subsequent mission debriefing and blinks awake on a rooftop to see his friends staring at him from the top of a ladder. The buddies all, hey, Bradley, did the general say that your arch nemesis was behind me, so you should be facing this way? <laughs> oh. He's shot in the back and falls out of view. He's all, don't worry, I blocked it with my test. He explodes. Bradley's all, Biggs, no! There's no Asians in this story, Dingus. I know, I'm very sad about that. Gritting his teeth, Bradley Cooper squints through his sniper scope. His other friend, Biggs, is all, but Bradley, that's a mile-long shot. It's impossible. Bradley's all, aim possibly, shoot impossibly. He switches firing mode to slow motion, breathes extra loud to psych out his prey and fires. His bullet hits somebody, which causes a sandstorm. This annoys his buddies, and they almost leave him behind, but one guy has his hand outstretched too far. Bradley returns to domestic life stateside again, where a shrink convinces him the best way to move on is by giving shooting lessons to the wounded. One day, he comes into the kitchen with his son, draws a pistol out of his holster, and cocks at his wife. All right, bitch, time to get raped! The whole family laughs and hugs. Then he's all, No, I was being serious. A truck pulls up in the driveway. His brother gets out, jittery and deranged. The brother's all, Yeah, fuck that place, seriously. The wife hugs herself affectionately. Bradley hands his brother the pistol and goes, Here, you scratch my nose with this while I drive over them potholes. He smiles at his wife and goes, See you later. What could go wrong? As we freeze frame on the wife's responding yawn, a newspaper's all beloved sniper killed off screen, best known for marksmanship and for referring to this newspaper as a graphic novel. In weather news, Sandstorm elected president of Iraq. The end. <laughs> it ends with text, Dingus. I hear that. Like all I, war. I hear that very clearly. So, I made us see this. Yes, you did. Um... You know, what is this movie? <laughs> is it a biopic? Uh, it is, supposedly. Is it, um, is it fiction? Is it procedural? Is it character study? Well, I, I would say absolutely, categorically, absolutely it is not procedural. Um, that is one of, it, one of the things I hate about it. Yeah. That it's not procedural. Uh, and that it totally fails on that because one of the things when you, when you got us to see it and, um, you know, I was reluctant to see it because I don't trust Clint Eastwood as a director anymore. Um, but your, your thought, you know, not only was it uh, nominated for Best Picture this year, but you, you I think when you emailed me, you're, you're like, I want to see this. Plus, I kind of like movies about snipers or I like sniper yeah. stories or you said something like that. And and that that kind of hooks too. into me, too. I mean, I I like that. I like the idea. I loved the idea of uh, I mean, the 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 title is really evocative. It's American Sniper. And the yeah. and the poster, which I was talking about earlier, it's a very, very uh, evocative poster. And so the idea of of this guy learning to be a sniper, because uh, I think that that is, a, I don't know how to put it, but an iconic or magical uh, profession or idea or uh, ability 
the idea of a guy becoming the best at that and us watching him become the best at that, I kind of got excited. Uh, and especially since you said I, I like those kinds of stories. So I was kind of looking forward to a procedural of, of that kind of thing, even though I don't trust Clint Eastwood. So, but but I would I would deny it. it is not a procedural. Of all the things you said, it is not that. Yeah. Is the book procedural? Because apparently... Well, I, I think the book. Uh, I, I I don't think we're going to be able to deal with that because I, I think it's it's this guy's autobiography, and I think that um, of the little thing of the few things that I've heard about him, um, he's kind of a nut. Uh, At the very least, he's really he's way more full of himself than the Bradley Cooper version of him is. He's not only full of himself, but he's he, he sounds like a crazy person. He's, right, he's about he's, like, uh, but but in in evaluating the movie, I'm not so worried about that. He, he sounds like a crazy dude. So uh, whether or not it's a it's a biography of this guy or not, I, I couldn't care less. I'm just looking at the movie as That's a, a movie. work of fiction. Uh, 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 yeah, I think it's clearly a work of fiction. Whether it's it's based on this guy's autobiography of his imagined exploits or not. Um, doesn't matter to me because I'm perfectly willing to look at it as a fictional work and think of it in my own private moments as maybe this was a real person who existed and he did some of these things and maybe he was totally fucked up by having to do them. Whatever. I just want to evaluate the movie on its own merits. So I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea if it's a true story and I don't care. Um, I'm just looking at it as a movie on its own merits that was called American Sniper that uh, I was excited about watching because of it might be about a guy who learns how to be a sniper. And on that level, it's disappointing. Uh, is it to you? Yeah, for the reasons you said. Like, it doesn't feel like it's about a sniper. Yeah, it's not. It's thoroughly disappointing. And I was and, hoping for that. I was like, I was totally going for what you were saying just now. Like, I don't care if it's true or not. Like, let me just let's see. Like, get into the mind of a sniper. Like, for at least an hour and a half. Yeah. And, There's uh, so much there to plumb. Yeah. And, and they and they kind of flirt with it every now and then, but they don't. Nah. They don't delve into it. They just flirt with it. Now, now let me let me just give a quick uh, disclaimer. I've got at least two people I know are in this movie one of them is a pretty good friend of mine um the other one is somebody who was who i know uh who's an acquaintance who's a friend of a friend who i've met many times he's in the movie too so it's always difficult to talk about a movie when you have people who are friends who are in it um so let me just say that the two guys i know who are in it do really great jobs with the stuff they're doing so, are they veterans? Are they real life veterans who are playing? No, no, no. They're actors. I mean, oh. I just I just know actors, um, uh, and and they do fine. They do really good jobs. Both of them do a really good job uh, uh, with what they're doing. So it's always difficult to talk about a movie when you know people who are involved in it, um, especially when you don't like the movie. Is Sienna Miller one of them? Sienna Miller, sadly, is not one of them. Oh, okay. Then forget my next question. Um, no. Uh, one of them is the, is the dude who plays the minister in the early part of the movie. Um, and he does a fine job. Uh, and it was enjoyable to hear him talk about uh, you know, filming those scenes. I just don't think that scene is at all necessary to the movie in any way. Uh, and I feel bad about saying that because I think he did a, does a fine job in it. Uh, and the other guy is the guy who plays the Sheikh, who gets shot. 
um, and he's a, he's really good in it too. Um, so th- they're both really good in the movie. So it's difficult to talk about a movie because I really really dislike this movie a great deal. Uh, I think I was just disappointed. I'm not sure how much I dislike it or not. Okay, so um, what what would you say the distinction is? What are the things that you really liked about? It? Let's let's kind of start there. Well, when it starts and he's faced with his first moral choice that was yeah. the trailers too, without a payoff, and then it wait that the that the mom that moment at the beginning with the woman giving the yeah the grenade is in the trailer yeah holy yeah. fuck are you kidding? Well, you don't see what he decides. Oh, so the the dr- the drama is what's he going to uh, do? There's a the little kid and he has a grenade and what's he going to do? That's right. the drama of the trailer. Yeah. Oh, all right. So then when the movie starts like that, I'm like, oh, really? And then it goes to flashback. I'm like, oh, you're skylining me? Really? But yeah, then- what the fuck is the reason for the flashback shit? I mean, that's the problem. I mean, you, you're starting the movie. I mean, you're basically kind of aping Hurt Locker. I'm going to go ahead and say what this and movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it's that, that opening is done. That? properly no it's hurt locker is that that opening dramatic sequence but in this movie instead of happening having the opening dramatic sequence clint eastwood decides to edit out the drama and just run off to church or and a, and a hunting sequence and a dinner that will never end and then eventually 27 minutes into the movie we get back to that moment where he's got the kid in his sights again and by then all the drama has been leached out of that isn't it and all those scenes are so cliche all those flashbacks are there's nothing surprising well, or, or what like, do they like, add i mean this guy's special what, what does what does the what does the scene in the church add what does the the hunting scene add what does that blue bible add what what does it add to the actual movie or the character I mean, I understand the idea, and the Bible gets referenced a couple of times visually and in one other line, but why is that included? Why are these scenes included? I mean, if you're not going to advance the character and you're not going to advance the story, why are you including those scenes? Why, why do we have that whole flashback sequence? Uh, to make him relatable. To the How does that make him relatable? Oh, I've been there. Oh, whatever. I'm about to shoot someone. I remember my first hunting trip. That was, I mean, when my first cow, that fucking was great. Never felt so close to my pop. Uh, I, did you, have you ever gone hunting? Fuck, uh, I've gone fishing, which is isn't that kind of like hunting? All right, it's kind of like hunting. I mean, I've gone I've gone deer hunting. I understand that culture. I don't understand what this adds to the movie. I don't understand what they're trying, why, why, why it's put here, and what it adds to the movie. Because what I think they're trying to add is a older brother, younger brother thing, which they the reference later on. But it then it never. There's no payoff for the brother thing. Even what, what is that whole sequence about? I'm the, so the frustrated is- that that they that that Clint Eastwood decides, and the editing, the editing is horrible in this movie that, that that they decide to to break up this dramatic opening which is basically just again the hurt locker opening they break up this opening i mean there's from the there's a dude over there with a cell phone thing going on i mean it's basically just the hurt locker opening and they break it up with this whole mm, section of like blah 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 going to church you're, uh, you're you you 
you you can be a bully. You can punch this guy, punch that guy. Your brother's weak. Blah. What is the point of all that shit as far as the story is concerned of this movie? He's explaining the paradigm of the circle of life to the kid. All right, so well, we don't know enough about the dad to really make to go. Oh wait, what's his? What was his childhood like? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the thing I was going to say, I liked. Like, all right, sorry, I apologize. I, no, 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 no. I, was, I, I just, I just went off. But go ahead, go ahead, and you. No, I, I pretty much agree with all that. Well, it's like it wasn't so much like I didn't know what he was trying to do, but like it all seemed kind of sort of on the head spelled out kind of yeah rather than it wasn't confusing it was just a little too trite like I didn't see why this guy was special like the fact that he was sort of vainglorious in the book like made him more interesting like the book now makes like if they if he'd play that character it would have been a way weirder interesting movie to me right there's a thing in the book apparently where he his his numbers were being threatened by another sniper and so suddenly he he writes like uh, suddenly, every guy, bad guy in the city was in front of my scope because so he had to like inflate his numbers to keep the record, like a goal scorer, and that was interesting to me and horrifying. But um, the thing I liked is sort of maybe the thing you probably would would make you the most angry, which was like then he does make that decision, he shoots the kid, and then like about a half hour to forty five minutes of the movie, he kind of starts just getting used to shooting kids. Kind of. <laughs> And I remember you're, going, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's, he gets inured to it, and I was kind of like, I didn't see that coming. Like, I thought it was just going to be from the trailer, a one-time thing that was, and I thought it was going to take the whole movie to come back to that, and maybe he would still find some way to like cheat the angle or something, or like wound the kid. But not only does he shoot the kid, he shoots the chick, and then just keeps doing it for like a lot of the movie. And then there's like a part where the troops are like walking down the street, and like a body just falls on top of them. They're like, thanks, legend. And so I kind of liked that, like, day at the office kind of shit. Right. On a certain comical level, that was amusing to me. Uh, yeah, and you're, not absolutely, what I was expecting. you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So that, that RPG moment later in the movie where he's afraid to shoot that kid. Um, well, he's relieved that he doesn't have to. Right, okay. He was going to do it, and he's like, oh, thank God, I get one day off finally. <laughs> Good. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> but then when he kind of snaps when he goes back stateside, I was kind of like, "Wait, what? I thought you had this locked." Like, I don't know. It seemed like in Hurt Locker, I don't know. It's just like a less good version of Hurt Locker. Well, in her in Hurt Locker, he he goes to a grocery store. Goes fuck. He goes back one it's, time. It's it's a right. it's punctuated. Goes yeah. back home. Can't cope. Goes back. Right. This is like he's tour one, tour two, tour three, tour four, and I don't have any clue as to why they're editing these tours together the way they're editing them. Or, I mean, not not based on whatever the story was, but based on how you want the dramatic tension of the movie. To yeah. Well, and the enemy sniper's a fabrication, so it's like... Oh, it is? Yeah. That whole Olympic ridiculousness? Yeah. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Is that that's a fabrication? No. See, does it, so now it matters a little, doesn't it? Because that is sort of like the the third act of the movie. And that guy didn't... He's, there was like apparently a sniper that they... Well, know, that is, is that all Steven Spielberg stuff? Because he was yeah. doing this for a while. Spielberg wanted more of that guy and wanted his backstory. And so, so he wanted the parkour sprinting sniper more of that? Or at least like his family and that guy. Like more of an enemy at the gates. 
kind of thing. Oh, all right. Well, Enemy of the That's Gates. Did, did, did you like Enemy of the Gates? Fuck yeah. I loved Enemy of the Gates. Uh, I really didn't like that movie. Wait, why? Why did you like it? I, don't, I just remember going to see it with a bunch of friends and just not getting it. I said, it didn't oh, work it's who awesome. is that? It's Jude Law and who and else? And Ed Harris is the Nazi. All right, yeah. It's Stalingrad. Oh, I love that movie. You're crazy, dude. No, I love that part of history, and I love that. I love it's Sniper that. versus Sniper, and it's got a lot of – it's got way more of the, what I was hoping this movie was going to have. All right, well, I'll give it another look then because I remember Enemy of the Gates really pissing me off. Well, not pissing me off, just not working for me. Rachel Weiss is in it. Oh, Rachel Weiss, That's the girl. That's yeah. Right. Come on. Yeah. That's a great uh, – I love everything about that movie. But the oh. kid – well, I'm so happy to hear you say that. All right. I've heard the books way better, but it's like inherently I, – I think it's a great movie. I love Enemy of the Gates. You know what? I might change my mini penny since you're so hostile to it. I thought uh, you – Be careful. I don't know. No? What? <sighs> Enemy of the Gates. You were angry at that movie? Like angrier it's than just, you were at this? No, no, no. Not angrier than this. This uh, – and, and I'm not angry at it. I'm just disappointed. I mean th- there's so much – there's so much here to mess with. It's like so much here to deal with. Black Hat's not about hacking, and this isn't about sniping. This isn't about sniping. Yeah. Why are you calling it American Sniper? Because at one point during the movie, he just is like, uh, "I just I'm going to throw my long gun down, and I'm going to yeah, teach all these guys how to break into buildings and right. get, and get dads killed." I mean, wh- it, so it's the whole middle part of the movie is either him messing around with the rubber baby or. Or just fucking around in people's houses, and he's not sniping, nah. and he does any, and that would be okay if we had a decent sort of training montage or sequence where he's taught how to actually do sniping. But it none of that happens. There's no, there's, I mean, the yeah, sniper, he never. The sniper is a mystical figure. I mean, he's he's magical. He's mystical. He's he's got for us. I mean, anybody who's ever shot a gun. Um, Anybody who's ever tried to do target practice, the idea of somebody shooting somebody from a mile away, I mean, when, when they're doing that ridiculous moment where he shoots the Olympic sniper from a mile away, all I can think about is that moment from Lethal Weapon where he's like, maybe a couple guys in the world could have made that shot. Curving the bullets, bro. And high wind and all of those ideas that – all of those things that you have to adjust for. And yeah. instead, you, you, don't, you, you have a guy sitting there going, are you looking at the same thing I'm doing? What are you going to do? All right, go ahead. You want to do push-ups? Oh, you shot a rattlesnake. I mean, what the fuck? There's no training. There's no interest except for this flashback where he's like – where the dad is like, nice shot, son. Don't leave your rifle there. I mean, what – there's so much you can do with this. Yeah, that should have been fuck! like – Fuck! I'm so fucking annoyed. I mean, the, the, the title, American Sniper, is so evocative. Ugh! It's enough to trick people. It does, well, it's, it's, it's tricked everybody <laughs> because this isn't about a sniper. It's about a dude who runs around and punches people and kicks people and kicks down doors. How much sniping does he actually do? If you put American in your title, that's another $50 million. That's <sighs> theory. American Pie, overrated. Same thing. American Gigolo. Okay, that one's kind of good. so fucking pissed at this movie. Okay. But like, every, all the uh, – all the – his – Whenever he hits something that he shouldn't have hit, like, what? It's always a slow motion thing, too. It's like the rattlesnake, I forgot, until you mentioned it. It was like slow motion. Yeah, well, a lot of that has to be that way. I just don't understand. 
Yeah, but I, I just wanted them to build the character in an interesting way, and no. they did. It's a boring whitewash. It's and really everybody's cool. talking about how great Bradley Cooper is, and I, you know, I, I love He's Bradley Cooper. But honestly, I mean, absolutely honestly, I would nominate Bradley Cooper for Guardians of the Galaxy before I would nominate him for this. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. I think I thought his performance as Raccoon was awesome. A rocket was awesome. That was it's more surprising. Complex. It's complex. It's emotional. It's it's weird. It's it's just a total surprise, and you can't imagine. I mean, I love that performance. I would rather him have been nominated for Guardians of the Galaxy than for this movie. I honestly would. And I can think of other male performances I would rather be nominated. I'm not saying he did a bad job. I just don't think this is this character is that well drawn. No, well, he's not tested. He is tested, but I just don't know what the fuck is going on. He's so lionized that when he snaps, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, that's actually a good point. He seems completely unfazed by any of it. And it's like, oh, wait, he's bummed. Like in Hurt Locker, it seemed just part of that guy's character. Yeah. Like his insanity was the fact that he liked it. I don't know. It's Hurt Locker. Let me ask you this. Uh, What do you think of the brother character? Um, I think he's supposed to represent not just the sheep. He's the civilians. He's the workers in Warcraft. But he's also supposed to foreshadow the um, dude at the end who um, we're supposed to assume kills him. Oh. Oh, all right. Well, now you made me. Uh, all right, you made me like that a little bit more because that that moment on the tarmac where his brother is like, "I, I hate this fucking place." Yeah. Or, he can't hack or, it. So I think he just says, "Fuck this place." All right. Because right. because that ending part made me think of Foxcatcher. Um, yeah. That sort of like. Uh, this the guy's waiting for him, and the and there's this all this portent of and Lincoln. All right, yeah, well, Lincoln, very good. <laughs> I gotta go, <laughs> Lincoln. I know. Oh God, I love you, Kelly. I don't want to go on this trip. And then some words come up going, "Yep, he shouldn't have gone on it." All right, you made me feel much better about the brother. About the brother? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like that. Yeah. Like, that was spelled out, too, though, too. It's like, I didn't really believe in any of these people as characters, and that's what really... Enemy at the Gates, maybe I'm a fucking idiot, but at least Enemy at the Gates, I actually believed in Ed Harris's character, even, and Jude Laws. Like, I actually go, oh, these guys are in Stalingrad, it's a sniper off. I get it. This could happen. Maybe it did happen. I don't know. Uh, Let me me say this to you, because I want to ask you about something else, and I want to know if if what you thought about it and if this makes any sense to you uh what do you think about the elbow moment um it's a weird thing because you know what I'm any, yeah yeah but they all should have noticed it like why is he the oh, what does it mean it means that that guy's a sniper okay good but not the sniper He's just one of some, I guess they're all snipers. It's a family right. of snipers. Right. And then he knows the guns are there, too. But all that was weird. Like, why is it, Are these guys setting up an ambush for that? And he's the one who figured it out. So, therefore, his superpower is seeing that. But then the guy doesn't see that he sees it. 
Well, uh, and what what happens as a result of that? Then they go, all right, we're on we're on to you, and then they capture the cat the weapons cache. Right. I forget what happens right after that scene. Like it's like, okay, you're now a sergeant, or he's already given up sniping at that part, right? That's in the right. second half, and he's become a detective. Yeah, apparently. Oh, an elbow specialist. <laughs> That's like a really stupid laugh. An elbow specialist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would. It's something that you go. That's the first. That's what we should be looking for is elbow stains. Then we know that they have a false floor in the bedroom. Well, I, that, 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 that getting, moment is one of my. You know, one of the moments that I loved about this movie and kind of how I wish this movie had gone because it. It wasn't like laid out for us. It was just he noticed it and then he moved right. on, and it's not explained to us. And I I like that. I like that it's a very smart moment. You have to all is lost it. Right, 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 right. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of I really kind of liked that moment, um, but I I I kind of wish uh, there was. It's it's like it's like a payoff without. The, the previous being paid <laughs> um, yeah. and, but I understood what it was and I kind of liked it for that reason um, well, it, was it, a, it was to... a cool moment I think it's a really cool moment in the movie well it's like okay he, his sniping is a sign that he's perceptive and he, his, obs, his observation powers well no, it's not just that he knows the logistics I mean he knows what to look for and when he sees that he's like oh I know that I mean, just yeah, but we like, know that too. So it's like, that well, I, did, I didn't know that. I just had to like figure it out. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, but the uh, guy's also looking shifty because yeah. Clint Eastwood wants to make sure you notice. Right, right. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, it's not the friendly guy who gets shot in the street after he uh, colludes. Did that guy was that okay? Here's something. Speaking of bad editing, was that guy drilling a hole in the kid's leg? Uh yeah, okay. I I think so. But this movie is so poorly edited; it's almost impossible to tell. That's if, either happening or it's not. If it if, is, well, the butcher. It looks like the butcher's also drilling after he drills in the kid's leg, um, before before the shake gets shot. It looks like he also puts the drill up to the kid's head right. and then pushes it in. Right, but. It's impossible to tell some of those things, and in the same way, it's impossible to tell a lot of times who's who in these firefights. Yeah, I mean, you have a hard time. I have a hard time telling which one's Bradley Cooper in a lot of these. Oh, scenes. that's something I like though. Is in the in the sandstorm when you can't see a damn thing. I kind of like that too. Like I don't think you're you're supposed to be just confused, and it was like, all right. Well, there's confused. It's supposed uh, to be Heaven's Gate. It's confused for the characters, and there's confused for the audience. And I shouldn't be confused as to where my main character is. I should know where that what's going on. And I and it wasn't just the sandstorm. It was a lot of times, and that whole restaurant sequence where the dudes are coming out and getting shot, and who's shooting who. I mean, I understand the fog of war, but you you gotta have some sort of cinematic language so that I know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and who my main character is and who I care about. Because when 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 certain dudes are being killed or being shot in the eye, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm supposed to care about him? Who the fuck is that character? 
that's something I've noticed about Clint Eastwood movies. Is it, he doesn't seem to draw his like you only care about the one person. He doesn't Clint care Eastwood, about yeah. a lot of that anymore. But that's his. That's kind of he does this very casual sort of slapdash way of making movies. He's but in a war he's machine, very competent. He gets his movies done, but it, he very much does this sort of like all right, let's start, let's stop, whatever. He half-asses stuff that in a, in a movie like this you should sort of linger over. I think you have to linger over it. And, you know, the thing is, this week I watched Unforgiven again. Um, when's the last time you saw Unforgiven? Do you remember? Uh, when it came out, but I really like it. I it's, the, it totally it. holds up. Yeah. Um, and you know you know exactly who everybody is and you know exactly what everybody is doing. And it's a dark movie. It's hard to see. It's rain it's at night it's good if i remember right it's beautifully edited yeah. and it's very very clear what is going on and in american sniper i just don't i feel like he's lost you know again you know one of the reasons i didn't want to see this is because i've lost faith in him over the last several years and and i went back earlier in the week before seeing american sniper and watched uh unforgiven again just to sort of get my mojo back, hoping it, hoping that that would like erase those bad feelings. Um, but Unforgiven is so well put together. My God, yeah, damn, it's so well put together. And all the it's actually the opposite of what I said. It's like all the other secondary characters are really well drawn. Like the Hackman character is super well drawn. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, even the the that stupid writer. Yeah, um, Richard Harris. I believe I mean, in all of them. They all feel like real people, and they're all distinct. I mean, yeah. they're very distinct um and maybe that's the point of modern military that they're all like uh, cogs or whatever but but if you're going to shoot a guy in the eye or have a guy uh that he's helping in rehab or whatever that he's visiting in the hospital i i gotta get a sense that he was something i don't have any sense why why should i feel anything for this dude just because he's a guy. Okay, he's a soldier. I guess I have to feel everything for every soldier. Fine. Uh, but you have to set up characters. And he, I don't... Uh. Yeah, the fact that we didn't see the, the guy who he sees in the store get saved. I don't know. That seemed, that seemed weird to me. Yeah. Like, we should... Wait, he carried him out of a building? Like, okay, so it wasn't one of his sniping abilities. It was one of his carrying episodes. Right, yeah. That but, we didn't uh, but, see. By the way, do you do you see this as any sort of a rah rah movie? Uh, yeah, you go back and forth. I, don't. I see both sides. You don't see it as a rah rah. I don't see. I don't, see it, I don't see it as. Go ahead. I this here's the thing. The thing that that's weird about it, I think, isn't necessarily like political so much as he's chained to biopic stuff. Okay. So, so it's the way Flags Were Fathers kind of was, too. Like all oh, this sort all of right. Happened. So it's like he's chained to these ideas that he wants to get across, if they're there at all. But he also, it's, he's trying to do, these people are still alive, a lot of Okay. It's like he's trying to be tasteful or something. Oh, all right. Which is unfortunate. Because in something like Unforgiven, you can do whatever you want. And if you're in a biopic kind of movie, I think your hands are tied or you feel like you are. I don't know. It's, he's 90. All right. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of see what you're saying, but uh, just the the snippets that I've heard is that, uh, oh, it's just, it's like it's a recruitment film. I don't see it. As, uh, I don't see he, it as jingoistic. I don't see it as that kind of recruitment film. I don't see it as that. I think it, 
you know, any more. I, I see it as reaching for something else. And if it's a reach for that, it fails. But I, I just, I don't see it as this uh, rah-rah American yeah, thing. He, well, the hero becomes traumatized by his experiences. And there's lots of shots of the wounded and, like, but it's all American wounded. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that, to that extent, it, it's it, it's not so much rah-rah as, like... There's no moment like where Tom Cruise in Born of the Fourth of July goes, "Hey, wait a second, I'm I'm here on false pretenses." Right, right, right. Kind of thing. Which right, is that, too. That's, yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, what's Bradley? Is Bradley Cooper's viewpoint on the war changed at all? Who cares? Like I said, it's like I could I could get around what you could get around, which was like, there's no stiping. There's hardly any sniping. Well, you know, that's the that's you know, the thing is his character is so poorly developed that what the what the movie should be telling us or what we should I think we be getting away getting from it is how his life is going to be and what is going to go on with his life. And again, Clint Eastwood uh is so, you know, I'm just going to film as quick as I can that even the most intimate life moments are handled poorly. I mean, that the rubber baby moment is, I mean, I think as much as people are making fun of it, it's sort of indicative of, I think the way he attends to detail. And I just don't think he cares to attend to detail because fine, you couldn't get a baby on set that day. So you're going to have your two actors try to do a scene with this, this sad little rubber baby and that's what you're going to do but movie making is about attention to detail you have to do that and i think that this movie more than being sort of some jingoistic thing wanted to make a statement about what you do what what a person who learns how to kill learns how to do as a person and how to be a person and this movie doesn't understand how to make a person yeah that's true that's well said, actually. That's what's funny is because when she says that verbatim, you have to learn to be a human being again. Oh, you're right. Yeah, she says that. Yeah, you, you, you have to do that for us. You have to do that for us. And she's she's working her ass off. He's working his ass off in that scene. That's a great scene. And they're, they're left real standing there with a it. prop. Right. And it's it's pathetic. And it, if you can't get a baby on the set, then then don't have them holding a baby. Fine. I don't care if there's a baby in the scene or not. These two actors are acting their asses off. Pay attention to that detail, Jesus. God, come on. Dude is a favor to the concrete. Ah, very good, Kelly. See? All right, so now that we've moved on, uh, let's let's talk about overs and unders. Um, well, uh, I'm happy to go forward with my under. Uh, I really disliked this movie. I dislike what he did with it. There's stuff I did like about it, but uh, the movie that I would put as the under would be the movie Jarhead. Yeah, it's um, my under too. Oh, really? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, why would you put it that way? Uh, the same thing I didn't like about this. Like, it's not. It's not about sniping enough. Although it had the it had spotters. It was like, like in this. I didn't really get the sense that the other guy was a sniper too, and that they rotate in and out. Like there weren't, there wasn't much about other snipers or what the sniper's role would be. And Jarhead's at least about that. Uh, 
Jarhead for me was it just had so much ridiculous things going on and then punctuated by so much boredom. Uh, yeah, so, so poorly put together. Yeah, Jarhead didn't have any sequences that made me go, "Oh, that's so harrowing." Right, there's that one like tower fire thing yeah. that's on that's like, "All oh, right, whatever." But uh, I remember seeing it in the theater and just being so like bored. And I shouldn't be bored by this type of stuff, but. The, the problem is that there's a lot of boredom when it comes to sending soldiers to war. The the, right. the thing yeah. is, when you go, like, as an actor, like one of your tasks is you're playing a character who's bored. Well, what you have to do is work against that. And as a movie, if you're going to show us boredom, you can't bore us. You have to work against it. Yeah. Well, and the guy, the character's breakdown comes as a result of the boredom. In Jarhead, like he's like, come on, I can't take this lying down anymore. Doesn't he sound like that? Yeah. Uh, so, what would be your over? Enemy at the gates, bitches. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Enemy at the gates. My over, of course, would be Hurt Locker, which I think just ah. I get uh, I think gets the the whole uh, the whole idea of how to pace this kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, properly, and I remember uh, I remember just this really. Um, Angry and vociferous, vociferous might be the wrong word, uh, debate about it on the quarter of three threads about whether or not it's authentic or not. Um, but it's oh. so it's so well paced and the character is so interesting yeah. and so well put together. It's a, it's cinematic and it understands that. Um, and I just think that her locker just totally gets it. And uh, and this movie just does not. Yeah, it's all good parts. Her locker. Yeah, there's no filler. Oh, that's a good point. Wow, it's all good parts. Ouch. That's kind of, it, it sort of is a slam, but I kind of like it. American Sniper feels like duty. Okay. <laughs> How are you spelling that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we've got our overs and our unders. So let's uh, let's move on to our mini, mini movie club of Palooza. Oh, boy. Stick. Oh, boy. All right, so now we are going to spend a little time talking about a movie that I was inspired to talk about after we watched Black Hat last week, <laughs> uh, because I felt like this movie had a lot of hacking in it that was more interesting to me than the hacking in Black Hat. Yeah. And so I suggested that we talk about the movie War Games. Um, Kelly Wan, do you have anything interesting or uh, cromulent to say about... Uh, Oh my god, it totally holds up. I can't believe how well it holds up. It's Did so, you, so you got to watch it this week? Fuck yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, bro. I remember th- remember thinking that the opening was good, but I'd forgotten how great an opening War Games is. I totally, I mean, as, mu- as many times as I've seen it and made it's reference so to it, I totally forgot that's how the movie opened. Uh, I totally forgot it. When I put it in, I was just thinking, what is he? He's like, he's probably going to be riding shot. his. He's going to be riding his bike to school yeah. and doing. He's not in the movie for fifteen minutes. No, he's not. And that's what's so fucking great yeah. about it. Not even about him yet. And he, and that's his first movie, isn't it? Isn't is it? That, it? I don't remember. Oh, name good it. Lord. Nineteen eighty-three. Broderick before that, nothing. And he thought he was going to get fired, and so did Ali Sheedy. And the director was fired twelve days in and replaced. Oh, you're Tom. kidding me! I didn't know that. Yeah. So they were like really uptight the first few days, and then I think John Badham streaked or something through the set, and they were like, "All right." Oh, I didn't know that they were afraid of that. Yeah. One of the things that's wonderful about so, it is yeah. you watch it. You know, when you watch him like. 
when you when you watch him in the in the principal's or right before he goes into the principal's office or in 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 a couple of the, it, there's a moment after Ali Sheedy like walks out of his bedroom you know after, after he's done that whole thing with her grades and she's a little disappointed in him and, and he walks out and he turns around I'm like he you look like a total dork how did you even get into this movie yeah because everybody in in movies in our in in the current in the current time they're all super pretty and Matthew Broderick isn't super pretty he looks like a dork but he's super cool he likes the first cool dork in movie history I can't think of anyone before him he made it he made it like oh yeah you could get away by her sure yeah and and I like that but I had no idea that there was any sort of mishgas on the set about oh we might lose our jobs here yeah, no, and it was originally going to be, I think, a Spielberg movie again. Ironically, what called the Genius? And he was. It was supposed to be about like the the old the Falcon guy, and then him passing on his knowledge or something to the protege, and then it Wait wasn't even about hacking well, initially. Are you serious right now? Yeah, it was called the Genius. That was its first inception, and then hacking got into it. Like that became a thing. What? You seem stunned by all this. Uh, yeah, I'm totally stunned. I have no idea that Spielberg had anything to do with it or that they were going to do the John Wood character. I mean, the Falcon character. Yeah, it was all about him. And that's what's so weird, because one of the things that's so great about the finished product is like the, they write themselves into a corner where Broderick's, they, they put him inside a room and lock him up. Like, all right, they're not even going to listen to him anymore. And then uses this brilliant way to get himself out, a la Tom Chick and Capricorn One, <laughs> and the kid in Phantasm getting out with a shotgun shell. It's like that awesome. And then he has to like bust out, and it's a romantic getaway, escape from a helicopter, pterodactyl boy. Ah. The only thing I think the thing that as a writer like made me go, I think we should change this part is like. Falcon kind of gets there at the end, like Obi Wan Kenobi, and doesn't really do anything. Like he's all just have a toy chest. It's like he just kind of stares at the screen, really. And maybe it should just have been Broderick doing that. He doesn't just stare at the scene. He he smiles at. Yeah. He's like, you can do it. Go ahead. You're doing it now. And he, and he gives yeah. these knowing smiles to yeah. him, which is that's like, what's needed him for. <laughs> as if as if he had been a mentor all along. Right. Well, would they have called him first? They already—they're the ones who put him there. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. But it was so cool to see Dabney Coleman, even at all. Like I really, the thing with the gum was good. But like the fact that Dabney oh, Coleman, I love that thing with the gum. Yeah, that's pretty hot, actually. It is actually, yeah. But like he's the pro computer guy. It seems almost like weird casting. Like you picture Dabney Coleman as like he'd be. Maybe it's just because I'm thinking of nine, the nine to five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much, but like. God damn! And he, I, it's like he smokes and he says, "Get the little prick in here!" Like he's just super fucking foul, totally yeah. pissed off for the whole movie. And Broderick, he's super relaxed in those early scenes, even though he thought he was going to get fired. And then for most of the movie, though, he's scared out of his mind. He can see, he's know he's in way over his head, and he's like really bummed that he caused all this. And he, he seems to feel real remorse and real real grief. Right. The parents, his parents, are, you never see again. I kind of like that too. Um, <laughs> but I just picture it now, and there would just—I just know, know there would be all these little jokes and shit, and he'd just be way more. That character would be way more annoying 
I think. Like a Frankie Muniz kind of character. Uh, you, you know, you're right, actually. angst-ridden. Yeah. But he gets out and she didn't front the money for him. I don't know. I wanted their courtship to succeed. Yeah. But I like how she messes Your with wife? him and she makes fun of him for not being able to swim and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I love their chemistry. I, I just think that yeah. it's, it's just so well put together. Um, I kind of love that movie. I love this movie. It's got so such much. good energy. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually, I thought it was a weird pick at first. And it's also got that one guy who always plays that guy, um, that, the that mustache, that not the general, but the colonel guy who just looks up tight all the time. Not Barry Corbin, but no. All right. He's always saying like, "Listen, goddammit. it!" He's doing the Dabney Coleman lines. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I know who that is. He's got medals. Does that ring a bell? Sure. McKetrick. Um, oh, McKetrick. Whopper. I guess there's a sequel, Dingus. What? 2008 or 2000. Oh, don't do that. Don't tell me that. Different know. kid, but Whopper's in a. Whopper. Um, are there moments in this that you were really looking forward to? Because there's a couple moments I was really looking forward to in this movie. Just uh, seeing them. Uh, again. There's there's the moment, and we've talked about it before. Uh, because we, because it was, uh, it was sent in by uh, a listener named Fire for a three by three, um, and it was that moment where he butters the corn with the bread. Yeah, uh, I love that moment so much because I remember from being in the theater, seeing that happen, and having and hearing people in the theater go, Ugh, and me going, oh, that's a cool idea. That's how yeah. you. That's a great way to butter corn. Uh, I like it because they're setting up a character you're never going to see again with them. I know, and they 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 spend time. Movies. They you know, uh, John Badham spends time just just letting that guy have his character moment, and her in her Century Twenty One outfit, yeah. like doing all that shit. Uh, the the other thing I was lo- really looking forward to is that moment where he he fucks with the payphone with the uh, the tab from like a beer can or a yeah. soda can. Because uh, I have a friend. Act- who lived in Japan uh, for a few years, and he actually did that trick in order to be able to call me. Um, he and and what? He, from having yeah. seen the movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we we'd all seen war games by then, but this is like after college. I would never have even thought to try like that's and, a work. That's just a movie thing that Matthew Broderick knows the exact frequency of. Right. Well, he 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 found one of these tabs and he and he found a way to like do uh, uh but you know, it didn't really work for a conversation. It was just like, "Hey, I'm trying to then call again." Thing from War Games where <laughs> And it was like so a conversation that took place over the over like two Ten or three hands. seconds. Watson, I need you. Um, and it was yeah, it was it was really, but it, but I was really looking forward to that. And of course the the uh, Mr. Potato Head thing. I, I mean, I really I really think this movie is just has so many amazing moments, um, and it, and and it's much better than I remember. Oh yeah, it's much better than I remember. Yeah. Um, and I think on the back of the DVD, because I got the DVD this week, um, there's this quote from Roger Ebert that says, like, it's a masterpiece. And I, <laughs> before I took the cellophane off, I'm like, come on, Roger. Ebert, damn it. Uh, but it's damn near close. It's really, really, it's really fun. Really, really well made. It's impossible and, to hate. It really wants you to like it. Yeah. And that opening alone is like, so that's a masterpiece of a movie opening. That's for Yeah, God. holy cats. I totally, uh, how stupid am I for forgetting that turn your key stuff? And that's um, uh, Michael, um, 
What's his name? Shit. Uh, Ah, Michael fuck. Madsen. Michael Madsen, yeah, the guy from uh, from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Michael Madsen and the other guy from uh, from uh, West Wing, and I can't think of his name, but you know, uh, sadly, oh, John, John Spencer. Spencer. Um, those two dudes are great in that, and yeah. that whole it's sequence sad. where they're going down the elevator and they're talking about yeah. you know, growing marijuana, basically. Oh yeah, and where the chick, the chick's hitting, or the guy's hitting on the chick too. While Matt Broderick's sneaking out of the room. Oh yeah, that's ridiculous. I love that. These are the people safeguarding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love. Oh, by the way, Martin Brest was the director who was fired after twelve days. And oh really? Adam, yeah. Martin Brest. Mm-hmm. Oh. Twelve days in, gets fired. Some of his scenes are still in it, but he was doing like a. Uh, a Nazi undercover thing with Matthew Broderick and Ellie Sheedy. So then John Badham was like, no, you guys are having fun and it's going to be awesome. Like, you guys are really enjoying yourselves. So that's what they were coming off of. So not only did they think they were going to get fired, but they were playing Nazis or counter Nazis. Allies. <laughs> uh, you know why I'm sort of shocked right now, right? No, I never do. Martin Brest directed Midnight Run. Oh. And Beverly Hills Cop. Who cares about Beverly Hills oh, Cop? Martin, Martin Brest directed Midnight Run, and he was fired off of this? Uh. Yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah, he I know. With even bigger... Then he went and did Beverly Hills Cop, and that's how he got Midnight Run. It was All a right. stepping stone. Fair enough. Good. All right, we only have one writer who wrote in. This is... Uh, <laughs> This is uh, Chris Markinson. Hey, guys. Um, watching this movie again, I realized that there were a few things that I missed when I watched it as a kid. I never realized that there was a sign by the entrance to the missile launch room that states, anyone urinating in this area will be discharged. Wait, what? I don't remember that even. I don't either, I, even watching, having watched it again. Or that a young Michael Madsen was one of the missile launchers. I really enjoyed Maury Shaken um, as one of the hackers, although I might have misheard one of his lines, and I liked Barry Corbin as the general. Yeah, Barry Corbin's really good. Yeah, he is really good. He gets the applause line. Which, he turns out to be right. He's the he Usually the, the general's the buffoon. Yeah, right. Or, and in this one, it's like, Debbie Coleman's the dumbass. <laughs> think about it. So thank you, Chris, for writing in. Uh, Kelly Wand, Mini what Penny? would you like us to watch for next week's Mini Penny Movie Club of Palooza? Something that was inspired by watching American Sniper. Did you ever see Day of the Jackal? Uh, which one? The Edward Woodward one. Edward Woodward one. one, one, one. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Edward Woodward one. The the older one. Yeah, the older one, not the Bruce Willis one where they took Day out of the title. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that movie because of this that little puff of smoke not smoke but dust that happens when he misses. I love that moment. <sighs> and it's uh it's not it, what is his name? It's it, this guy was in uh who's the guy who plays the lead part? He's in um, Woodward, isn't it? It's not Woodward. It. No, because he was in Patriot Games. He's been in a ton of shit. What is his name? Day of. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's not Woodward. It's something else. Am I really that dumb? It is Edward, but it's not Woodward. Um, but yeah, I love Day of the Jackal. Is that what you want us to watch? Because I'll watch it again. No, not if you've seen it. All right. Peter Forsyth. Is that who it was? Is that what? Are you talking about the actor or the writer? I thought that's what you meant. No, I was talking about the the lead actor, the guy who plays the jackal dude. Who's that guy? It's Edward Fox. Edward Fox, Fox, yeah, because both he and his brother are well-known English actors, and Edward Fred Fox, Zimmerman's I think, was in um, was in Patriot Games. But I love that guy. I love that movie. Yeah, mm, I didn't see the Americans. You didn't see the American? Nah. Who's the, what's the who's the director again? Gilroy. No, it's not. It's a, the American. Yeah, it's someone you guys like. You yeah, think. yeah, yeah. The American, I think, is is really good, but it's really slow and long. Yeah, but it has a really great sequence in it. Well, why don't we just see Enemy at the Gates? I would love to see that again. Uh, all right. I'm to- I would totally I feel be like all over giving that another shot because I, I really, I really dislike. No, I don't think you have. Uh, you, you know me; I'm pretty good about holding my own uh, as far as my opinions are concerned. But I am totally willing to give a movie another shot. So why don't we give? You know, I, I mean, this is your choice, um, but I think we should maybe consider that. What do you? Which think? would you rather watch? Enemy of the Gates or Manchurian Candidate? <laughs> Um, I've uh, I've seen Manchurian Candidate a ton million of times. times. All right, yeah, fuck uh, okay. and I've right. seen Enemy at the Gates once. Enemy at the Gates. Let's go. Get in All there. Right. Let's do it. All right. Good. I'll I, give I, you, uh, I'm sorry I kind of hijacked you here, but you you kind of excited me. No, I didn't want to see those other ones. Yeah, I wanted you to hijack me. It was right. gonna get worse from there. All right. Well, let's let's give it a shot. There's I, very few sniper movies, except for War Games. Which had that snipery <laughs> thing that it was actually a missile radar screen, but it looked kind of like a sniper scope. Yeah, it did. It did. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, Whopper's a sniper. He's just using missiles as bullets. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, let's do Enemy at the Gates. I like this. Enemy at the Gates. All right, good. I'm, I'm excited. I, 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 this is a movie I didn't like when I first saw it, and now I get a, get a chance to revisit it. Is. And I'm always willing to do that. So good, uh, good, good on you. I always thought right. this would have been a movie that you and I would have like made, try to make Tom like together, like dread. Like you would be, come on, Dan, sniper versus sniper, Tom, and Tom would be off. No. I, I don't I, even it, remember that being the aspect. I just remember, I remember like playing some video game. It might have been, I don't know what it was, but there's there's a Stalingrad like level that's very enemy at the It might might have been. Oh, Call of Duty did a lot of that. Stuff. It might have been, yeah. But I remember us making fun of it, and I remember having gone to see the movie and being disappointed. And I'm totally ready to revisit that. So okay, good. so good. So for next week's mini movie club of Palooza, we're going to do Enemy at the Gates. For next week's main movie, um, so uh, this is a movie that uh, I don't I don't know quite what to tell you, everybody, but I am really um, excited to see it. It is called Black Sea. Uh, is directed by a guy named Kevin McDonald, who uh, who directed a couple movies that I really like. One is Touching the Void, and one is The Eagle, which we talked about here in one of our mini 
Penny Movie Club Paloozas. We talked about The Eagle. So, uh, so it's a movie that came out at the end of 2014. I think it's still in movie theaters. Um, and I don't know anything else about it. But uh, given that there's just a load of crap being thrown out into theaters right now in the January doldrums, um, I looked for something just that would be something that would spark my interest um, after seeing American Sniper. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. So we're going to go see for our main movie for next week, the movie Black Sea. S-E-A? Yep, that's right. Black S-E-A. (laughs) A-C-K? Just making sure. You're absolutely right. You know how movie titles can be. I know how you mean. American Sniper. (laughs) All right. I... uh, This has been the Quarter 3 Movie Podcast. Uh, If you would like to see um, uh, Enemy at the Gates and give us some ideas of what you think about it, please write your ideas. We only need like two or three lines, whatever you want to write. Idea length. 3 by 3 at quarter3.com. That's 3x3 at quarter2.com. I am Christian Morosky. And I have been joined, as I am always joined, by Kelly Wand. Uh, what did the baby get at the Star Wars sandwich shop? Uh, Dingus, you got a bib for his tuna. (laughs) I do this to get attention. Don't you get that? Hmm. That girl was all right. (laughs) (laughs) I love your reaction. Uh. (laughs) That was his reaction. All right, let's see if we have a file here. Hmm.